0: I had to start everything all over again i would definitely hire way earlier way earlier in the spectrum so a lot of people you know as entrepreneurs people don't we don't like to outsource for example you know when i just started a lot of things i want to do it myself for example media buying right you know i, I don't trust anyone to do a better job than me to do the media buying so i think this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs out there lack you know is outsourcing and hiring the right people and hiring the right pieces to continue to grow your business.
1: Hi guys, we're back this week with another great interview. And we are very happy to have Evan Tan, that's right, with us? Yep. And he's a major success story in the dropshipping world. And if you want to get more information about him or or putting the below in this video, you can see the links to his to follow more, learn more about him. But what we're gonna talk about today is we're gonna get a little bit a background of how he got to where he is, and we're gonna get some insights, some special insights from him. And this is gonna be a great opportunity for you guys to learn to get value from a very successful entrepreneur. So let's get started. And so Evan, maybe you can say, introduce yourself to the audience. I don't know if everyone's heard of you, you know, like how you got started a little bit like that.
0: Okay, sure. So if you guys don't know who am I, I'm basically, uh, I'm Evan Tan. So together with my brother, Steve Tan, commonly, a lot of people know us as Super Tan Brothers. So we've been in the dropshipping scene since early 2016 to early 2017. So back then, you know, it was a whole different dropshipping scene to today. You know, we're still constantly working on the dropshipping game. And, you know, through these years, we have generated over nine figures in sales and dropshipping.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And I think a lot of people have heard about you, but I'm sure that there's new people because there's new people coming all the time. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's, a? I mean, one of the questions we like to always ask is, or Mordecai really likes this question, is what, mm-hmm. what would you do differently if you started? Because a lot of these people watching are starting now and they're Mm -hmm. they're newbies and they want to know what what would you do differently to fast track is if there's something that you would say.
0: So I wouldn't say fast track. So, but if I had to start everything all over again, I would definitely hire way earlier, way earlier in the spectrum. So a lot of people, you know, as entrepreneurs, people don't, we don't like to outsource. For example, you know, when I just started a lot of things, I want to do it myself. For example, media buying, right? You know, I I don't trust anyone to do a better job than me to do the media buying. So I think this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs out there lack, you know, is outsourcing and hiring the right people and hiring the right pieces to continue to grow your business. So if I were to start everything over again, so I would definitely hire way earlier in the spectrum. And, you know, so we wouldn't have hit nine figures without a team, a system, right? So I think we're quite well known in the industry for having a proper system, for having a proper company to run this dropshipping game like a proper business. A lot of people in the industry, they treat dropshipping just like a hobby. You know, it's just an extra income, you know, Generate an extra, you know, few thousand bucks, and they're happy with it. But we don't treat it like that. We treat it like a proper business, which is why if I had to start over again, I will hire the media buyers. I will set up my team, hire all the proper pieces, you know, so that I can grow. You know, I so that I, as together with my brother, we can lead the team. To go further places. You know, we can plan the strategy and we have the media buyers, we have different teams that can generate multiple six figures on each team. So right now, so how we run the business is everything through a proper management, right? Through a systems. So even without eye checking, you know, everything, product research is done every day. People in the media buyers are launching the products every day, the copywriting, graphics, everything's being launched, you know, seamlessly. So this is something that I will get set up as quick as possible if I had to restart all over again with the same knowledge, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, that's really interesting. What would you say in terms of what you would outsource first, second, third, like for people moving up the scale? Like you'd say at first maybe outsource your social media and all that stuff and uh, customer service, okay. right? And then you would
0: say... Um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely the first thing that we outsource, uh, as you mentioned, would be the customer service, right? Or social media, you know, someone that handles your customer support. Definitely after, right after that would definitely be people that come in to make sure that you have the right creatives, the right copy. So it will be, you know, generally when we start, In dropshipping, we start with one general VA, right? You know, one person that can do multitask, you know, a little bit of video editing, a little bit of copywriting. But of course, one of the key people that if you want to grow your company would be the media buyer because those are the people that generate the money for you so that would probably be like third or fourth down the line once you have a proper business once you have generating profits you know once you have a stable business a media buyer is someone that you need to start hiring third fourth down the line so that you can continually to grow different stores multiple stores without you having to actually run the media buying yourself so with that you can probably have to create sops for the entire team for example we separate you know, teams into one team has one media buyer, has one copywriter, one video editor. And you know each store or each team is like an independent team on themselves. So they have their own KPIs, they have their own revenue, they are generated and they have their own bonuses. So for example, if they hit certain KPIs, they'll get certain profit sharing and certain bonuses so that every team is like a motivated dropshipper himself. You no, know, just that you know. We provide the resources, wow. we provide the cash flow, and all that. So all that media buyer does is super motivated, you know, driving as much revenue as possible to the team.
1: Wow, that's a, that's a whole new level that not, I don't think many people are doing. In terms of what would you say is most important for you to you and your brother to be involved in, like what not to outsource, or what do you have to keep a close mm-hmm. eye on?
0: I think definitely right now, from day to day, I personally is managing the entire dropshipping business. Steve himself right now has more or less put himself out of the entire dropshipping business and is right now focusing on some other parts of the business. So in our company, I'm more of the COO. So right now, I'm pretty still hands on, you know, on making sure, you know, the KPIs are met, you know, together with my project manager to make sure to look at everything, you know, to make sure things are running smoothly. But more or less, you know, right now, I'm just working very closely as well with the media buyers to understand new strategies you know are we using new strategies are we keeping up with the trends you know with what is evolving in the dropshipping business because we have been in the industry for you know multiple years so it's not just like you know we just came in this year so we know we know exactly how it has evolved you know since 2016 2017 every year is evolving so we need to stay ahead of the trend to keep you know be relevant in this dropshipping game
1: great Now let's move on to a question that I like to ask myself is what's a winning product? Like how do people identify what's a
0: winning product, especially at the beginning phases of testing and stuff like this? Mm -hmm. So a winning product to us, we don't really define any winning product for us. We let the data speaks. We let the money speaks. Even any product that you launch on Facebook that is able to bring in profits is a winning product to us right? So we internally, of course, we break it down into different categories, kinds of winning product. Of course, we are talking about, say, a five-figure winning product or a six-figure winning product or a seven-figure winning product. So, but to us, right, we always emphasize in some of the conferences and some of the talks we have been before, you know, we just don't, we are not only looking for the seven-figure product, right? Beginners tend to, oh, I want to find a seven-figure product mm-hmm. all the time, but it doesn't come by all the time. Sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's just in-depth research that brings about a seven-figure winning product so for us it's not about just finding the seven-figure product it's anything you know it stacks up so we always tell our students if imagine you have 10 products that bring in 1k profits each day that's still 10k profits and it adds up so it's not just about looking one huge winning product that brings in all the profits it's about diversifying your risk and at the same time, diversifying across multiple products.
1: That's interesting. And another thing, I don't know, is sometimes a product doesn't even have to be, I mean, some big companies, they don't even have to be like, you could even break even, let's say on the first, and then on the back end, on the emails, the read, the upsells, and all that after, you're gaining those emails on your list, right? So even like a losing product or a break-even product isn't really losing because you can gain you can in the long run you can make a lot of money off those same customers, right? I mean,
0: yes, definitely, especially for niche stores, right? Even some for, for some of our dropshipping stores, we continue running even if it's break-even, right? Break-even is good for us, even you know, on certain uh, niche stores because you know you know you're gonna make the money back through retargeting, you you're gonna make back through email marketing and all sorts of following up with the customers how would you
1: recommend what do you what about ecom hunt you mm-hmm. guys have used it in terms of uh, yep. just looking what kind of products they're finding and they said how would you recommend people to use ecom hunt or how do you look at it do you just scan it to see what's kind of trending or
0: so of course we have like a whole product research team that does the product research you know we go on to several platforms that we have talked about you know online to search for the most trending products so we always talk about, you know, two different kinds of strategies. One is first in the market, right? When you're talking about first in the market, you know, generally we go into deep into the Chinese markets, you know, to look for this sort of products. And, you know, with Ecom Hunt is something we call always a scavenger method that, we know, we try to see what is trending in the market and to see what have other people's and competitors launch into the market. So sometimes, you know, we get our team to go on to Ecom Hunt to see what is trending on Ecom han and which kind of products, you know, have been launched by our competitors and which one potentially that we want to get into the market as well so we call it a scavenger because generally we are not first into market so with ecom hunt generally we use ecom hunt to look for products that we can actually equally enter the market and compete against these competitors
1: i see so you generally don't like to get a new product that's been untapped that's new you usually like to ride trends So I think
0: there's a misunderstanding. So Uh, basically, yeah. So I think we separate into two sorts of strategies. And uh, what we do is we do both strategies concurrently so that, you know, we are able to find the latest products and at the same time, look for products that's already in the market and, you know, try to eat a pie and share of what is already in the market. So we have both strategies concurrently, so that you know we are able to diversify the risk and make sure that the revenue source is coming not just from new products but existing products in the market.
1: I see. Interesting. In terms of the whole virus thing, how are you dealing with that in terms of shipping times and all that? Are you using more warehouses, third parties, mm-hmm. okay. or yeah? What, what would you say about that? how to deal with I think
0: with the whole virus, you know, there isn't any way around it. I mean, honestly, it's a global thing, right? So I mean we have been using a third party warehouse uh, called Wheel. So basically they are one stop uh, fulfillment service for all dropshippers out there. So we have been using them for you know the past few years and they've been super excellent in managing all our fulfillment to people all around the world. So with Wheel, they're able to you know what I really like about them is their service is top notch and they are able to always adapt to different needs, especially during this virus. You know we are able to find, they're able to suggest you know, which are the ideal shipping methods to use at the fastest rate, yet at a balanced rate. So you know we don't allow our customers to wait too long. But it's something that I think everyone around the world have to do in this period. So I think Rio has done a really good job, you know, in maintaining the shipping speed, you know, the prices for us as much as possible during this pandemic.
1: So, for beginners starting, would you say to test still on AliExpress or to just move off of there as fast as possible, even testing?
0: I think generally with platforms like Real, you know, I feel you can get on Real as soon as possible because with if you're testing on AliExpress means you are not. Doing proper upsells, you're not doing proper cross selling, and you know if you're doing upselling and cross selling on AliExpress, the problem is that you may have a main product that is from supplier A and an upsell from supplier B, and this way you need to pay shipping twice, right? Yes. So if you're using wheel right off the get go, right, you are able to do all your upsells, your cross sell, your email marketing, everything, and wheel is able to compile the order. For example, one customer is able to buy say three to four different things from your store, which is coming from four different suppliers, but we are able to consolidate that for you and ship out as one order so that you only have to pay for one shipping, which saves up costs and it makes things way easier
1: and it's going to be faster and it's going to be more efficient because in AliExpress yep. you don't know what kind of supplier you're going to get
0: yep. and yeah. you don't have to like worry about you know your supplier not shipping out you now we have been around you know and has been helping a lot of dropshippers like us around the world uh, get their uh, orders shipped so you know I trust them to do it and you know, they've helped us in you know, a scale eight figures in just fulfillment alone so we entirely oh. trust them that they're able to do a good job on this
1: what do you say about the fourth quarter now? Like what people should be doing? What What's your strategy? What should people be thinking about for the fourth quarter? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe it should be for sure starting now if they haven't started preparing, but could even be okay. late.
0: So I think if someone is just starting out, you know, in the fourth quarter, generally I feel it's a little bit too late to get on because they don't have the necessary know-how to know what is coming in Q4, right? Q4 a lot of people a lot of dropshippers they always feel oh q4 is the time where i have to capitalize on things but you know to us as dropshippers generally you no know, q4 is just another quarter in the year right i mean we have been dropshipping you know year in and year out Fourth quarter is more expensive. Of course, you know, people are more in the buying mood, but at the same yeah. time, your CPM is higher, keywords are more expensive, and all this sort of different things. So of course, our main strategy is always still true general stores because you know, you're you able to test multiple products without having to set up multiple stores, which you know, makes things way easier. But of course, if you're talking of a general fourth quarter strategy, you know, our team always have to prepare ahead of time. You know, If you're talking about Q4, Right now, it's already Q4. So generally, if you're talking about, you know, it's more on your email blast, you know, your email strategies, you know, all this has to be very Q4 related. At the same time, you know, your video creative, your copywriting has to be as well Q4 related, you know, to capitalize on this season as much as possible.
1: Okay, that's that. And that got right into my next question. That was good about the one. Because, you know, you mentioned the general store. So then there's the one product store is kind of being, a lot of people are hyping it up right now, but it has a lot of negatives because you have to start all over again once it doesn't work. So the Mm -hmm. niche store seems a lot better, but then the general store gives the most freedom so you're saying yeah. general store can still work. Some people saying general stores don't work anymore. Yeah. You have
0: to do one so, we have heard, you know, from certain gurus out there that say general stores don't work. And that's just total bullshit, right? I mean, just look if you've been doing proper research on, you know, just what are some of the stores out there that are crushing it it's basically general stores, right? If you have been looking on some of the softwares on AdSpy or any other softwares, you know, out there, you know that general stores are the ones that's still crushing huge numbers. You can never, of course, you know, there are one product stores out there that has successfully, you know, transitioned from, you know, one product store into a proper brand. Of course, there is the potential upside of branding a one product store into a proper brand. Yes, that is a totally different ballgame, but that does not undermine the potentials of a general store still, right? So if anyone is just saying general store don't work, don't listen to that guy, you know? He's just trying to make his model seem better, which is just total bullshit. All three models, niche store, general store, one product store, all three models work and each have its pros and cons. So, you know, for us, it's just, we prefer the general store because we are just so, our entire team is just so well-versed and, you know, used to, burn and churn, you know, general stores and just milking the entire dropshipping game. Of course, our team, half one product stores, half niche stores, it's just, you know, diversifying across multiple different models throughout the company. Ah, uh, that's interesting.
1: Because yeah, a lot of people not saying general store. Some people are saying, try start with the general store, then take the winners and then take the winners and turn that into one product or whatever. But I kind of see what you're saying because you don't really need it because on your general store, people are coming to the product page anyways, right? So, yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. so that is one viable option as well. That we know, of course, you know, there's a potential if you pull out the product on a one product store, you know, convergence may be better and there may be a potential upside, you know, of you know, upgrading it to a proper brand. So, that is something that we do as well, but you know, we just do it concurrently at the same time. I see. That's interesting. Okay.
1: A couple more questions here. One about, sure. okay. What about a lot of people don't talk about, a lot of people talking about Facebook ads. What about Google, YouTube? You'd say people should get into that or
0: wait for the products to get better or, I mean, to be, to get some. Uh, okay. momentum. So, I think, I think YouTube is definitely under tap out there. Google shopping. You know, we have a team that is working on Google shopping itself. SEO on some of the niche stores and pretty much uh, that's it you know we are not super heavy in the Google game you know whether it's with regards to Google Shopping we have designated stores so with Google Shopping we have special stores just for Google Shopping and you know uh, drop shipping stores with Facebook with just you know stores so they are totally separated and with YouTube I think it's uh, up and coming you know I've seen some of the drop shipping stores out there that are crushing it with YouTube you know uh, I'm not going to mention who but you know some of them are definitely crushing it you know YouTube Google Shopping Pinterest as well, so I think it's just definitely underutilized. But for us, we still feel Facebook is the best and fastest way you can scale. With YouTube and Google, it's just not as you know scalable as Facebook. But the only downside with Facebook is that the bans, you know, and I'm sure all the dropshippers know out there with the bans and the evolving policies and all these different sort of yeah. things. But if you're able to have a proper system to churn Facebook accounts and all those sort of different things, you're in good hands to properly make the dropshipping game.
1: I see. Well, what do you say about people that are saying, like, to get all these apps on their store and all this stuff? You say, keep it lean, keep it small, less apps, let it be faster, you don't need all these distractions. Or there are certain apps you do recommend to say, yeah, you should definitely have that.
0: For us, generally, you know, we are not super app-heavy, especially for dropshipping stores because we have to understand that dropshipping is a very impulse-heavy business model. You know, people just come in, see the product they like. It's very heavily based on the product landing, you know, the experience, generally, you know, how you market the product, especially with the dropshipping game right now. I mean, in 2016, you can just drag it from Obello, you know, you don't have proper copywriting, and it's still going to work. Right now, consumers are smarter, right? So, we're still very lean. It's just that you know, we spend more effort in making that product landing page you know look better proper thumbnails gifs and all those sort of different things to make your overall page lender experience way better
1: okay last question in terms of countries and where you're testing and where you should test some people saying you should test in the u.s first if it works in the u.s then you can explain to other countries Others say go e If it but now e it kind of doesn't because the you know the shipping problems where would you say the countries to focus on? I mean, some people, I guess, are doing good in some European countries. I talked to a French job, mm-hmm. he's just yeah. only doing Especially France, market. he's crushing yeah. it just in France,
0: right? Yeah, so, so yeah, I also talked to some people. You know, we have had some students, you know, come from France, you know, coming from Mexico, and they're crushing <laughs> in their local markets. And that I feel personally feel is definitely an untapped market, right? You know, Personally, we have done translated stores and all sorts of different things, but for non-native speakers, it's just way too much work, right? For them, it's native, right? You can just easily look, okay, I can get this translated for us. Whenever we find a winning product and we want to get it translated, it's just a lot of work. We still do it right now, but yeah. we don't translate the entire store. So I'm f- sorry. I forgot what was the question you were asking. You
1: yeah, know? Yeah, no, but in terms of um, testing, testing, right? Testing products, yeah. focus US or what about Canada, Australia? We UK? always focus
0: US, US and Canada, definitely are one of uh, the top testers. And of course, followed by e-packet countries, generally English speaking countries. But we always start testing with US, You know, US, Canada, Australia, and United Kingdom is generally the English-speaking countries. You know, we test it in U.S., right? If it's good or even if it's not good, sometimes we still test it in the other countries because, you know, a beginner mistake is tend to, you know, if it doesn't work in U.S., it's not going to work in U.K., but that's not the case. Sometimes the product works in U.S. or and doesn't work in U.K. Or, or the vice versa. So it's always important to test all the different markets just to make sure.
1: That's great. This is a This was value-packed. I mean, we're going to have to do this again. So, no worries. if you want to get in touch with Evan and follow him, just take a look at the links below and we'll put those there. And thanks a lot for your time. This is Ariel Ben Solomon with another podcast on ego.